All right, New, New River Valley, welcome back. This is Mark Tapp. I'm here with Keith Weltons, and you're listening to Am Hodgepodge. I totally see what you did there. Did you see it? I figured you'd that's, get it. That's, a, that's actually a threer, <laughs> and I never put all three together yeah. until today. Yeah. So the singer's name is Sting. Yeah. And the group is the police. Yeah. So, like, police Sting. And the if you get caught... Then you write your message and <laughs> send a message out. Send a message out. <laughs> if you that you know, if you're on Alcatraz or something, you can three, throw it though. out into the water. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think I just. Finally... I don't think the Radford Pokey has a, a any source of water close enough to get a bottle. To well, it. I, I cracked the I cracked the code on that. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Well, welcome back, New River Valley. This is Am Hodgepodge. It's Keith Weltons, and that is Mark Tapp. We are here with Dan McKinney, Radford. Chamber of Commerce, and uh, we have three other guests that uh, we brought in to the studio, and uh, off of the air, they said it's all kind of quiet in here, and I, I told them, uh, <laughs> you have the right to remain silent here. <laughs> anything you use will be recorded later, or anything you say will be recorded uh, later. But no, Dan, I think this is going to be a great segment. We're very fortunate to have... Um, uh, three individuals from the Radford City Police Department, and uh, we want to kind of highlight uh, not only some of the more uh, recent accomplishments, and have been quite a few, um, but then some of their community outreach. So I'll go ahead and kick it over to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How did you find them? Um, they found me. Uh, just, okay. just kidding. Go. Just Seriously, kidding. if you just let kidding. me off, yeah. I'll give you uh, uh, some time on the air. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. And so, Sean, I'm going to go ahead and uh, have Sean Weston uh, pick up the mic first because, A, he's standing up. And uh, Sean and I, we've known each other for a lot of years. In fact, I've known all three uh, of you. And I think that that's one of the benefits of living in a small community is that the, the force, no different than your teachers or any other public servant is not removed from you, right? So you don't live in an area where you just don't come in, in, in contact with them, if not on a daily, certainly a weekly or monthly uh, basis. So you and I have known each other for 20 years, 15, 20 years easily. And um, Sean must have been a teenager. He was, man. He was. <laughs> he was. He always had that that that, that good looking smirk on his yeah. face, and and uh, he married. And he's got a beautiful wife, and they're committed to the to the area, no different than your parents. And so, you know, because of all of this, we get to 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 have you kind of reinvest it. So first of all, tell everyone who you are. And I want to ask, what was that, you know, purpose that you saw to kind of give back? And it, and I, if you say it was playing basketball with me and the way I handled other kids, you could say that too. That That's fine. If not, then tell the truth. That's right. Uh, great introduction. Uh, <laughs> you've set me up for all sorts of mistakes on that. Um, yeah, I've known, um, I guess, this whole collective room, um, the officers next to me and then Keith for a long, long time. They call us townies when mm-hmm. we were in college. Those are the people that stayed on the community that they went yeah. to, and I'm now a townie police officer, uh, which I'm thankful for. I think it lends to good customer service because wherever I go, uh, I'm easily spotted and uh, held accountable. If I was mean to somebody on a traffic stop, they'll find me at Kroger. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that kind of works out. Um, yeah, I'm uh, from the community. I'm a second, I guess, Radfordian generation. Right. Um, Keith, I don't know what you are. First. First. But 
Pat's carrying the torch a little bit. Exactly now, right. Exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, with the police department here, and uh, I've actually pivoted to join um, our community engagement unit, which uh, is kind of what I always like to be doing anyway. I think they kind of it's what I was doing with patrol, but we have been able to expand and deliberately and intentionally kind of try to break down those barriers and be more of a, I guess a, a community shareholder with somebody you know, that lives there, works there, eats there, all the above. So uh, that's a brief introduction, I guess. Um, and I and I'll speak to to that just real quick. And then Mark, I'll, I want to invite you in. But you know the, the the things that I notice is that having known you clearly, I I had no idea that you what you would do, um, uh, whether you'd stay or become an officer or whatnot. But your age group that that I saw you with, they're all here still and so that ability to get information from or share information to you already have a natural um uh group that 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 you can do that and i think it makes you approachable and i think it makes them approachable it's kind of both ways and I've, I've I noticed these sorts of things just in kind of the bigger community area simply based off of the fact that I know you right and I'm not keeping tabs on you but but I can see it but I can see it and those things they have merit yeah uh, I think it helps um, I was always told when you were a young police officer that you weren't really a good police officer until you had five years under your belt okay um, and I guess the idea kind of lends it to you lends it to it that it takes a long time to build those relationships so uh I had a little bit of a cheat code being a townie, uh, but also a growing pain because at some point I was a, you know, became a police officer. So with that, sometimes no one likes going to the dentist. Nobody likes getting tickets. So. Yeah. Well, and Sean, how much of that becoming a great police officer uh, is due? So, I mean, you obviously started when you were a young guy. And, er, uh, younger. Yeah, and Keith and I can attest to the fact that um, – just non-police officers, uh, life teaches you lessons that make you a better person. Uh, how much of that becoming a better police officer is just due to all of the experiences that you have on a day-to-day basis making you more empathetic to the people that you serve? Uh, life experience is huge. Um, I guess everybody can – 18 for certain people is different for others. When I was 18, I was a freshman in college that knew nothing. Uh, I've met 18-year-olds that came out uh, that were ready to raise families. So I think life experience is kind of that. Uh, I think age, I mean, I said earlier, five years makes you a good cop. But it comes down to that life experience. So uh, good cops are well-rounded, and they have seen stuff, and they've lived stuff. And you can do that young, and you can do that old. I certainly didn't. It took me a long time to, I guess, uh, get up to speed on that end. And that just comes with, I guess, that life experience. But, um, yeah, so... uh, with that, like I said, age isn't any, uh, I guess, indicator in the long run. But um, we are lucky enough to be in an area um, that we can grow in and learn from some of our seniors that are there. And yeah. I had a lot of good role models that sort of let me learn at my speed. So yeah. that was helpful. So we're going to push this over. and Emily, grab that mic. So what's he doing wrong? Let's just go ahead and get that out of the way right now. I wish I could say what Sean's doing. <laughs> I mean, he's pretty yeah. great. Um, asset to our unit, I can say that. Yeah. Um, we're growing it each day, and we're 
We're doing a great job, I think. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, I'm Sergeant Emily Height, and I'm over the community engagement unit yeah. here at the PD. Yeah, and I know that um, that's something that's uh, been important. I don't know. I can, can tell you 15, 20, 35 years, five. doesn't matter. But the, the effects of this outreach, no different than in talking kind of with Sean, um, you see that. And you can see it through the schools. So you all do out- outreach in the schools. It helps, obviously, to have those on-site officers within the school system. And, you know, all the children every single day say, you know, officer. and They, 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 they become part of their families, too. But this is now to, to be able, I think, to foster that same sense of respect and admiration and friendship but then what happens when people move back into the community meaning they're no longer engaged in the school systems but how do we then keep those those ties and so sometimes it is through the summer months when there's no school and sometimes it's after individuals have left school right there needs to be that kind of open line of communication so um, you have received special recognition and training kind of for all of this I know that that's been a big push for for the unit correct yeah so we have um, we have a grant that was we were able to establish the unit um, and we found like little holes where you know we saw these kids um, elementary school um, they go through dare and then you kind of miss out a little bit and mm-hmm. they don't have that interaction with us we want to make sure that we keep that interaction all the way through so um, we have established the junior police academy to help like right. with the middle school um, and then you know in high school you'll have your sros as well but then we've also been focusing back on the youth and um, actually sean has done an amazing job along with some other officers of coaching now mm-hmm. so we're getting back to the youth so and outside of the school setting where we can see them with their families and right. also see us, you know, outside and teaching them different things throughout um, sports and life lessons that we can teach them as officers, um, not just, you know, maybe coming to their house and catching a call. Um, but so this has been like very important. Um, and then also out of that is focusing on the families you know, atmosphere. Um, and then, you know, with the different things that we're seeing in the community as well as like food insecurity, um, and then just making sure our community as a whole has the resources that we can provide them. And not always is it a police issue, it's a community issue. So um, we're just constantly building those partnerships so we can see those individuals through their life, not just in one setting. Yeah, Mark, I know that, you know, we talk about this, uh, you know, if you if you want other people to respect you the first thing you have to do is respect yourself yeah and that goes with your community also right i mean it's you you have to be able to respect the community in order for other people to see that that community is worth respecting right yeah yeah Yeah. it's it's funny keith i i just can't stop sort of thinking about this and before i sort of hit what I want to really talk about here. I, I just want to ask uh, both Emily and Sean, um, uh, what's it like taking orders from a guy named Tater? Yeah. And if you use tone, does it come across worse or better? That's kind of what Mark was his second question. <laughs> I've known Tater Holdaway <laughs> uh, since I was a snot nose. <laughs> In my mind, it's almost like when you first beat somebody, it's like their nickname is how you remember them. Yeah. 
Uh, I've never called him Tater. It was Sergeant Holdaway. Now it is Chief Holdaway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chief Holdaway, uh, Jerry, most of the people here in the community know you as Tater. You can't get away from that because uh, a lot of people just knew you before you were a police officer and, and when you were were not chief, and now here you are, chief, right? Yes, sir. Um, I was born premature. My dad said I was no bigger than a tater, <laughs> and 44 years later, I'm still tater. And, I, you know, I, I had this third-grade teacher, and she told me, you know, when we were first day of class, she's like, what's your name? And I'm like, tater, and she said, you can't go your whole life being called tater so you know i've made it my mission i guess to be called tater and prove this teacher wrong but no i i I love the nickname i'm proud of it and yeah and you would call me tater and you're no little dude anymore Uh, you're a big spud (laughs) i've always thought i always thought it was because of the way he could hit the home runs man in in sports Uh, well so so the the question i really wanted to get to uh, and Keith, I don't know whether you've noticed this either. Um, and, and this is probably consistent amongst people that serve the community like yourselves. When we're talking to you, I mean, I can see there's there's compassion and empathy there. Um, but there's something in your eyes that sort of lends a seriousness to everything. And I, and I just suspect that's from all the things that you guys have seen um, uh, in your line of work. Is that – am I kind of hitting on something? I mean, when we're talking to you, is your mind always sort of somewhere else on the job? Absolutely. You know, this this is a great job, and we do a lot of good things. And this community engagement unit is just one of many good things we do. But unfortunately, the realism is the world can be a cruel place. Yeah. And there's a lot of negative bad things that happen in this world. And police officers don't go to your house – because things are good. They go to your house because things are bad. It's a bad day. And, you know, we deal with that day in and day out. And so we do become calloused. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always that thing in the back of your mind. And, you know, for us, um, you know, I, I can say, you know, I'm not from Radford, but I've been here half my life. And this is my community and I care about it. And I feel like all of our police officers have the same yeah. uh, ethos and mindset that, you know, we live here, we worship here, we work here. And we want a safe community for our family and for our friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the people, like you said, I mean, uh, sometimes sometimes people are, are recurring customers. Uh, and sometimes it's just one bad day. Um, but, but generally speaking, even if they are incarcerated for a period of time, they're going to come back. So, so you're, the people that you're dealing with are people you're going to deal with your whole life here. And so you have to... You have to understand that when you are uh, interacting with them. Absolutely. And, you know, I was taught my very first sailing job, you treat people the way you want to be treated and how you want your family treated. And, yeah. I, and I think as an agency, we do that well. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you are right. We do have a lot of repeat offenders and customers. And every now and then, right, we make that one little dent in society that changes someone's life. And that's probably some of my most proudest moments is, when people have come back to me and said, hey, you know, that time you arrested me, it really changed my life. And so <laughs> I, we don't see it from that perspective often, but yeah. it's nice to get that re-encouragement and, you know, support from the people that we're dealing with. So uh, police chief is a relatively new position for you, a new responsibility. I can see the weight of it. Uh, <laughs> as chief of police in a community of somewhere between, depending on the day, somewhere between seven and 15,000 people, 
what do you, what's the message that you give the people that work for you and the message to the people that you work for uh, sort of on an ongoing basis? So, you know, I think for me, the message that for the people that I work with, I don't ever consider myself in a, a higher position or authority. I, I came up through the ranks and I love being a police officer. I miss being a police officer some days. But, you know, the message is we, we just, we just got to do the right thing. And yeah. we have to take care of our people internally, and we have to take care of the people that we're dealing with on the streets, whether it's a victim of a crime or an offender in a crime. And that's kind of where, you know, my mindset is with it all. Are there certain things in Radford that if you were to be able to communicate with the, the community at large that we can do to help you? I think, you know, from our perspective, we have different crime trends. And right now we're experiencing the, the package thefts, right? And then, you know, once the college comes back, it'll be the B&Es that, you know, the breaking and enterings that occur around college campus. And the thing that I'll say is that when I served this interim role, I did not realize how much support would be established from the community. And it certainly was encouraging and reassuring to get phone calls and text messages and emails. And, you know, that kind of helped uh, – validate me maybe personally on a personal level that I was doing the right thing. Yeah. Was chief a position you were looking for or did that just sort of like, wow, where did this come from? <laughs> never, never <laughs> in my wildest dreams did I think that I would even want to be a chief of police Yeah, and just kind of had fell into place, so to speak, or the perfect storm. And here I am. And, you know, I'm getting ready to have a little, um, celebration here in a minute at work and one of the things I wanted to speak on was you know 22 years ago I was sitting in the front seat of a police car trying to figure this job out and here I am still trying to figure this job out <laughs> just sitting in a different seat right yeah, yeah. And, and the benefit and I, I'll speak to you all and I think you can speak to, to professions that people have on a daily basis is that it's just never easy and you're really never equipped to, to, to do it in maybe your own eyes and, and maybe even in your head. But that's what makes you uh, accountable because you realize that the job isn't about you, but the job must be done. And so when you do it with that lens or that thought process, people respect the fact that you don't have every answer, but that you're not going to intentionally um, do something or say something or cause something that worsens the situation. It's always with the betterment. And so whether that's a business owner that's looking to do it, whether that's a family member that's trying to help out another family, a neighbor to neighbor, or in this case here, community member, which just happens to be the police helping the community. And so that service component is uh, not only vital, but once again, much appreciated. Well, so, I don't so, know how much time we have left. Yeah, I've got one tip. Deal. Uh, and this comes from a TikTok video. Okay. Uh, we talked about package theft, and I saw a video where a guy had turned three big Amazon boxes into a bed on his patio uh, for his German Shepherd. 
And uh-huh. so when the guy came to steal his baggages, there was a shepherd waiting for him. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the last time he ever stole a package. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you all. We look forward to potentially having you on maybe a little more often, and we'll be able to hit up on things uh, as we go throughout uh, the year. But um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you all. To you too, Mark. Yeah, thank, Dan, thank you all for your service. Thanks yeah. a lot. We appreciate you and uh, everybody else. Have a great one. You've been listening to AM Hodgepodge. Merry Christmas, everybody.